In many cases, long before you have an opportunity to wow customers with your service, they're going to make a buying decision based on their perception of your brand. On today's episode, we ask the questions that you may not even need to know get asked to make sure that there's continuity across the board and that you're telling the right story. This is the Proven Principles Podcast with Adam Knight. Hey everyone, welcome to the show. My name is Adam Knight. I'm a 20 plus year veteran of luxury hotel operations and owner of Proven Principles, a hospitality operations consulting firm. And on our show here, we aim to deconstruct and demystify the best practices of hospitality operations and make them available to you and your business. Now, today's show is a little bit different. I'm really excited to have Elizabeth Raines on, a graphic designer by trade, and creative director at her company, EBR Graphic Design. This is a subject that has actually fascinated me for a long time, and it's really the intersection between design, branding, marketing, and advertising, and maybe even a little bit of PR. One of the challenges that a lot of hospitality companies struggle with is while there may be at a high level, a brand book and an understanding of what the graphic design and the look and feel of the branding of the company is, it's really hard to execute on the ground. And when you kind of, when you dive down three or four levels, when you get to a, a hotel front desk, say, and there's an out of order issue, maybe the elevator's out uh, and the front desk agent just prints a Word document and tapes it to an elevator. There's a, not any continuity there between what the company is trying to put out there from a design and a branding perspective, nor from a maybe a service and a look and feel of the business perspective. But when you look at the printed collateral on the ground, it just doesn't fit. So today, Elizabeth takes us through why it's important to hire an outside graphic designer and an expert in this field to help you with designing and, and, and creating this important piece of your business, but also the questions that you need to ask as you're going along the process that help clarify the vision of what your business is in your own mind. So it's a mouthful. There's a lot of really good tactical information here. So enough of me talking. Let's just get right to it. This is Elizabeth Raines, Creative Director, EBR Graphic Design. Elizabeth, welcome to the show. Thanks, Adam. It's great to be here. It's really good. I appreciate you taking the time today to talk about this Really, I think what is a fairly large topic, branding and design. Absolutely. And can be talked about from different perspectives. Yeah. And I think that's probably where a lot of the value for the show is going to come in because I have to admit, even on my end, the waters can be a little muddy sometimes, a little confusing between branding, design, marketing, sales. I think a lot of people, especially in the operations world, hear all of those words and put everything in the same bucket but that's obviously not the case. That's true. Branding can be, it's a word that is used a lot these days. And depending on who is speaking about it, they might need, they might be meaning the same thing or something different. It's true. It's true. So before we get into the meat of the show here, I'd love to know, I know the listeners would love to know, kind of, what's your background? How did you get to be where you're at today? Where are you from? Kind of your path? <laughs> Well, I'm, I'm a graphic designer by trade, and I'm the creative director of my business, EBR Graphic Design, which is a strategic creative design firm uh, with emphasis on holding true to what I consider good design values. I got my start at uh, Rhode Island School of Design, where, and then I practiced for over 20 years 
in both my home city of San Francisco and my current home, Dallas, Texas. Throughout my career, I've had a variety of significant and meaningful projects, including those for boutique hotels, luxury retailers such as Neiman Marcus, beauty retailers such as Sephora, Mary Kay, and I've been involved in several nonprofit projects with organizations like Dallas Museum of Art, Perot Museum of Science, and uh, some one of the biggest branding projects I was ever part of was it's a project called the Trinity River Project in Dallas, Texas. And I worked with a huge team of architects, engineers, and city of Dallas employees. It was a great opportunity and really kind of got me started on the road of corporate identity. That's amazing. And I think what's so what's so interesting about that is that even though it may seem like, you know, you you haven't been hospitality focused for your whole career here, you have been in customer facing organizations and organizations that try to engage their customers at a deeper level throughout your entire career. Yes, I have. That is true. And I think that having that you know, I've had some great mentors and colleagues that have, you know, coached me along in the earlier part of my career to really blend what I learned um, in art school to become practical business knowledge and definitely interacting with clients and understanding where they come from and what their needs are is a really important part of my job every day. I really like that's such a great way to put it, understanding what people's needs are. I mean, that's what great hospitality, great service is all about. And it doesn't matter which industry you're in. We just happen to be focused a little more on the hotel and hospitality side. But that's the goal for all businesses, right? Just to engage people at a deeper level. Absolutely. Putting yourself in their shoes and you know, understanding what their purpose, their goals, their yeah, their needs are in, in their business and in their personal life. I have to admit, I've been very excited about doing this show here because it's a bit of an education process, uh, like I said, at the outset for everybody, you know, myself included. I've, and, you know, having worked with different clients and, and having worked sort of in the industry directly and at the periphery for yourself. So I'm really interested to get your thoughts here about what people need to know when it comes to branding a business? What do they what do they need to know and what do they need to avoid? They need to know that it's worth investing the time and effort to properly develop a brand identity that is quality, meaningful, aesthetically interesting, or beautiful. Unless you have a competent design staff in-house, do yourself and your brand a favor and outsource it. If you think you can do it yourself, just because you think you can, doesn't mean you should. <laughs> I mean, you wouldn't pull your own tooth, right? You no. would go to a dentist. Oh my God. No, you wouldn't. You wouldn't pull your own tooth. You shouldn't pull your own tooth. That's, <laughs> but I like that. That's, that's pretty powerful, actually. A lot of uh, businesses, I think they understand, you know, they pull out the brand book and they look at the fonts and they look at the color well, hopefully they have a brand book. That's a whole other discussion. And <laughs> you just put, they can put some things together, print it, throw it out there. And suddenly, you know, you've got 
great content out there. You've got great collateral and you know, there should be brand continuity. And I think a lot of people fall into the trap of really trying to do that stuff on their own, thinking that they have a good eye for design, thinking that there's continuity. And, and not only that, maybe at a deeper level, that they're conveying the message that they're actually trying to convey if they're even thinking that deep on it. And, right. and it misses the mark. Yeah. You know, have you seen anything out there that you maybe in, in your in clients that you've worked with where they just, you know, they had the best of intentions, but they just, something is just not connecting. Unless you have the skills, you know, unless you've really practiced all of those skills that it takes to pull together an identity, to use those parts and pieces that are in your brand guidelines, it's going to be hard to really know if you're going to do it right. I would say that it should be someone with some design background, the very least a production artist that knows what to look for. And you you don't know what you don't know (laughs) in any field. So it takes skill and it takes knowledge. It takes expertise. Yeah, exactly. What talking about branding and design there's a lot of different directions that the collateral piece can go. It could be a printed piece. It could be an online piece, a digital piece. I think in some cases, it could probably be an audio piece, right? What are... Mm-hmm. You know, when we're talking about design and branding, I mean, this is, a, this is a, a really big field. When you think about those things or when you're explaining it to somebody, what are the, what are the pieces, the collateral pieces that, that need to be considered when we're having this larger discussion? Yeah, and I'm going to speak about it from the graphic design perspective. We were talking about earlier, Adam, um, branding can be thought of in terms of so many things, but visual identity is, is what I'm, my expertise is in. And that begins with your corporate identity, uh, whether you're a small business or large, that logo or logotype logo mark is your, it's your brand, you know, like the brand, does they brand cows in the field? (laughs) It's the one thing that represents where it came from, represents your business. And that little brand, it's little, it's a, it's a small thing that represents so much about your business. And it comes with so many, so much visual language and a kit of parts that can be applied to a number of things. So these days, you know, it's website design, an app, you know, your, your signature and your emails that you send off. Yeah, so digital is pretty important, but print is not, has not completely gone away. So yeah, brochures and business cards and any kind of marketing materials, everything has to hold that representation of your business in a way that has all continuity um, from one piece to the next. And that includes a letter from the front desk (laughs) to (laughs) the clientele of the hotel, you know, it's numerous. It's not just it's not just printing a word document and taping a sign up because an elevator's broken. It goes so much deeper than just 
the the large scale, kind of at the macro level, what your website looks like and what your your logo is. It's really about you know how and those are those are very important, but it has to go two three levels deeper. How does it affect the people doing the jobs day to day on the ground that are kind of truly guest or customer facing? Right. It has to trickle yeah. down. Yeah, I mean everybody in the organization is a brand ambassador. And they should be, they should feel like that is part of their role to recognize that the font is off. (laughs) It's something that, you know, every little piece of communication from an organization represents who they are. So, you know, for example, if you get an email from Apple and they tell you, it says in there something alarming, like your account is being, your account is being closed or, uh, Go to the bottom of that email and see what the logo and the signature looks like. If the apple's a little bit skewed or you know something looks a little bit off, mm-hmm. you're going to be very suspect if that's really from Apple. It's they can be very small nuances, but the message has to be consistent whenever it's being delivered from your organization. That's a good example. I, I love that because everybody knows what the Apple font looks like or more moreover you know when it's off a little bit right kind of goes a little bit like oh something looks a little strange on this i like that so so yeah, yeah. No, that's and that's what's so important i think even even all the way down to the small business you know maybe you've got a coffee shop maybe you've got a handful of vacation rentals that you're just trying to get some continuity in how they're presented on um, on a vacation rental platform all of that stuff matters Absolutely. It doesn't matter if it's small or a large business. The same principles apply to to all, you know, just keep it consistent, follow the guidelines, the, the brand guidelines, have someone on hand that's a skilled design expert. It doesn't have to be like the best designer in the world, <laughs> but it, it could be somebody who just, you know, cares about notices the little nuances, the font, the color, the, um, the placement, you know, just sometimes, you know, centered alignment can be part of the overall brand personality versus, you know, flesh left. And <laughs> right. Right. It's a- I know that this stuff can be very expensive when it's outsourced. And because of the high cost of this, uh, in a lot of cases, it can easily be justified away where companies will find a way to just do it in-house. But what are companies actually buying when they do outsource it? When they do do it properly, you know, what's the value proposition there rather than just doing everything in-house? And I know, you know we talked earlier about how having uh, somebody with a, a, an expert eye, somebody who's trained and a professional in this field is very important. But going above and beyond that, you know, what are they buying in the process? How does somebody in your position like you, how do you guide your clients from what is a vision of just wanting to get uh, maybe some more professional look and feel to their brand all the way through the process to finished product? They're actually getting a lot when they outsource it or, or go to somebody who's really an expert in this. I'll give you three things. One is a promise of that expertise and accurate representation. 
in the form of a tiny logo and visual language. Two, they're being looped into the process, the whole process. So they will have confidence in the final results because they were part of it. And three, they will have a visual identity that will look put together, established, and trustworthy. Trustworthy, right? That's <laughs> You want to convey mm-hmm. that, I guess, at the end of the day. But I'm sure you've got a ton of experience or examples and seeing, you know, what bad branding and design looks like. You know, if you, if you had to sort of take a step back and say, you know, critically analyze, you know, uh, some of the things that you see on a, on a daily basis, what are those maybe two or three things that people should look for when it comes to picking out, you know, the difference between good and bad branding and design? I think that, uh... Maybe the number one mistake in designing a logo is that people think that it's a decoration. <laughs> when <laughs> you can make something that's pretty in a year from now, you're going to be, you know, you're not going to be liking it because it didn't have meaning. It just had, you know, aesthetics. So I think that something that will be a competitive advantage would be to. Make sure that you do the work before you do the design work. (laughs) Mm. I mean, lay the foundation. Good design has something solid to tie back to. A checklist, a a criteria for success. So define your mission, your core values, your brand personality, and your competitive advantage. And that will lay such a good foundation for a beautiful design to come that will tie back to everything that you are. That's a lot. It is. But that's why you should hire someone from the outside to do it. Because you're trying to achieve a lot of things. Yeah. And asking questions that people may not even know need to be asked throughout the process. One of the first steps in designing a brand identity is to gather the data, (laughs) research. Mm Talk to major stakeholders, you know, get as much information as you can because you're learning about them. The designer is learning about this organization um, so much that they're becoming one of them. They have to be able to represent them in a way that's from the inside. Mm. I like that. And trying to get the feel for the for everything, not just what the brand's trying to convey, but the culture and the people that work there and um, right. and getting, you know, customer feedback and just getting a sense of what people feel from the outside of the company that they're doing business with. Exactly. And understanding where um, they want to take the business, where it's been. I was part of a, uh, when, way back years ago, I was the in-house designer for the Dallas Museum of Art. And I witnessed this part of the process before I really knew much about it. This company was brought in to conduct research and learn from the stakeholders, you know, what, what, what is their brand personality? And one of the questions I thought was cute was, if you were a car, what kind of car would you be? Would you be a Volkswagen? Would you be a BMW? Who do you want to be? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it might be understanding reality too, right? I mean, not everybody can be a Ferrari. Yeah. Not everybody should. That's for be. sure. 
kind of hard for a nonprofit to be a Ferrari. <laughs> yeah, right, right. But can, I guess that's an interesting point, though, because, you know, people in, in organizations may have maybe not the, there may be an aspirational element to how they want their brand to be perceived, but it's not reality. Exactly. Right? How exactly. do you that Well, you, you need to take a reality check. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I, the designers here just to represent who you are, not necessarily to <laughs> show you how to do your business the best that you can. <laughs> um, they can represent you the best that you can, they can, but uh, I just, yeah, you you know, you hope that your clients are going to be, <laughs> as a designer, you hope your clients that really know what they're, you, you hope the best for them. Mm-hmm. You want the best and you want to do what you can to help them um, follow that road that they're taking. Mm-hmm. I think one of the things that uh, a lot of customer, a lot of, a lot of businesses struggle with, especially in uh, either like multi-department or multi-location businesses, maybe you've got a handful of of hotels or restaurants or coffee shops, vacation rentals, whatever it is, uh, where you've got different people controlling different aspects of the business, is that there might be uh, a general sense of how they want the business to be perceived from a graphic design perspective, but there's no continuity out there. Even though maybe in a boardroom, there's continuity, everybody understands it, but it just doesn't filter down to the person who, you know, to use the example earlier, who prints the word document and tapes it on an elevator when they're trying to convey a message to (laughs) customers. So how do companies best control that information, that flow, that execution on the ground? Like who, who owns it and how do they, how do they make sure it happens with everybody through the organization? Yeah. But we've touched on the idea of brand book, brand guidelines, um, but that is something that be sure when you're going through this process with the design firm that you ask for brand guidelines to uh, with the logo as part of the final deliverable, and then make those brand guidelines available to everybody. Don't keep it a secret. <laughs> talking about everybody in in your company, mm-hmm. and then making sure that everyone feels like a brand ambassador. Everyone from the CEO to the front desk person. Mm-hmm. Um, and then lastly, you know, having someone on hand who is, who has design skills, even if it's a production artist, you could hire a design firm or a freelance designer to be on hand to do, you know, quick fix. And those little quick things really go a long way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But they need to be someone with the software and and the knowledge to be able to carry through the original design intent. When you say brand guidelines, what are you talking about specifically? What should somebody be asking for through that process? Yeah, brand guidelines ideally would show you the do's and don'ts of how to use the logo, um, how to use the typography that goes with the logo, the tagline, or it might be the font that's used in communications, the colors that are the brand colors. It's a kit of parts. It's a, it's a toolbox of all the little things that make up the visual identity. And the guidelines will show you how the brand looks in various applications like signage mm-hmm. or you know, website design, 
but that it's really a it's such a great resource to have in house um, because you you know this is your how to book how to use my brand. It's it's all encompassing. Right? It covers as many bases as it possibly yeah. can. It can it can be short. I mean, it can just be a page long, a little quick guide. Or but if, to really have a an all encompassing one, it would be much longer. <laughs> <laughs> and I suppose there's actually, and this would probably be a good recommendation. There's nothing wrong with uh, going out and having a designer put together uh, a slew of templates for a business to use on the ground. So when they do have those one-off, you know, need to print a sign for the lobby, need to do uh, a guest letter, need to do something, uh, you know, guest facing that the person who's executing that can just pull from a template. It's already built for them. They just change a couple of words, print it, and they're good to go. Absolutely. There's your word doc that's a uh, brand guide, guideline friendly. It'll, uh, it'll cover all the bases there. Yep. Are there any resources that have helped you on your journey that others uh, may find beneficial to, to go after and kind of do the same thing? Well, there's no internet article that can give you the expertise. And it is that journey that I've taken that has led me to where I'm at today. Mm. The combination of academic skills and professional knowledge that I've developed over the years um, is really what I use every day. You know, I have a foundation that was, it started at Rhode Island School of Design with intense art classes <laughs> <laughs> and followed by more specialized classes like logo design mm-hmm. with some great um, Malcolm Greer. And then, you know, I, after RISD, I went to a program in Switzerland through Yale where I studied with the best of the best European designers. And among them was um, Paul Rand, who was the great corporate identity master. He designed IBM, UPS, ABC. Oh, wow. He, yeah, he was, I was so fortunate. I was one of um, his last students. He passed away just after our program. You know, developing those visual skills takes years. Mm-hmm. Um, But to be a true expert in brand identity, one must then learn how to translate those skills to best practices Mm -hmm. in the real world. So my on-the-job experience and learning from my colleagues and my bosses, friends, that's given me the practical knowledge that that I can use my early skills from school Mm -hmm. and blend it all together and do what I do. Having said all of that, there, there, is, there are a couple of resources that come to mind. Um, there's a book called Designing Brand Identity by Alina Wheeler. This is a great book. It's, um, it's very detailed, but it will give non-designers an idea of what goes into developing a brand identity. Another resource that I would say is to contact your local reputable printer. They know who the excellent designers are. They know who is professional and pleasant to work with. Mm-hmm. That's a great idea. There's, uh, you know, we've got even just around where I live, you know, there's a handful of printers all the way around here. And, and I never would have thought to just contact them to see who does great 
design work than sends you their business. Yeah. That's amazing. They, that's their, right. That's their number one force of business. And, you know, they know whether these designers know what they're doing, mm-hmm. um, are doing a good job, you know, taking care of their clients. Yeah. They're, they're an excellent resource. Love that. So at the end of the day, hire expert help from the outside. That's really what it comes down to. who's got the the background, the skills, who's worked in the industry, who has the eye for it. It's well honed over many years. That intuition is strong. They kind of see where trends are going and and think avoid maybe things that have not worked in the past. I mean, there's, there sounds like there's just so many details that need to be considered when you're really trying to create a strong brand identity that it's really well worth it to spend the time and the energy to hire from the outside. Absolutely. And, you know, it, I mean, it sounds like a lot for a small business, but you know, the, that, that long process can be condensed, you know, it, it can, but I wouldn't skip, I wouldn't skip any of it. Don't skip the checklist, <laughs> even right. if it's a small business. But, you know, one thing is, even if you're the coffee shop on the corner, you want to stick around a while. So, I think it's worth time and the the effort to go through the process. Mm-hmm. And I guess even that process might help solidify in the minds of the business owner, you know, what what it is that their business is all about. It may force them to yeah. ask the questions that they've never considered before. Yeah, it's a good deep dive into knowing who you are, knowing who your business is mm-hmm. and where you're going. That idea of a timeless logo, timeless. I mean, I I guess I learned it to be timeless can be up to 20 years or so before it needs to refresh. Mm. You don't want to have to refresh in a couple of years. You, and you want to have that brand recognition out there. If you're redoing your logo already only after a couple of years, well, whatever brand recognition you have established, you're potentially going to lose customers. People won't recognize you anymore. Oh, that's a really good point. That's a really good point. Mm -hmm. So to bring it full circle here, what is a best practice that somebody can implement today that's going to give them the most bang for their time and effort? Hire an expert like me. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. I like it. Yeah. Just just go to the outside. You can find me at ebrgraphicdesign.com or, you know, you can hire an ad agency, a design firm, freelance designer. There's a lot of small to large firms out there who do this. And you'll want to check their portfolios online, find out about their reputation. The bigger and more known that they are, the higher the price tag. I just keep that in mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good point. Good point. That comes back to the uh, the sticker shock. Right. <laughs> it can. So shop around. <laughs> and be careful. I mean, if you hire an ad agency or a design big known design firm, and I've seen this, I've seen this a couple of times, especially in the nonprofit industry, because you can't pay that big sticker price, they'll end up giving it to their intern mm. who has less experience than a freelance designer that's been doing it for 20 years. Yeah, that's, uh, that's true. And then, uh, 
a year from now, everyone's scratching their head wondering why there's no continuity and, and things aren't getting <laughs> off the ground. Then they end up hiring the outside firm anyway, in the end. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, Elizabeth, thank you so much. I appreciate you being on the show today. This has been uh, fantastic, super educational uh, and really tactical. I, I appreciate your your time and your expertise. You dropped your website in there earlier, uh, but if anybody wants to get a hold of you, they should go there. Is there anywhere else where they can find you or find some projects that you've worked on? Yes, you can, you can find me on my Instagram page, EBR Graphic Design, or you can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, just my full name, Elizabeth Bather Rain. I would love to hear from you all. Perfect. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think uh, uh, we'll, we'll put the links to your website, uh, Instagram, LinkedIn, uh, in the show notes um, uh, on, on our website. Uh, so people can kind of find what you do if they want to get a hold of you, ask you questions. We'll push everybody to you and you can help them with uh, branding <laughs> and design. <laughs> sure. And even just for consulting or guiding what to do next with wherever you are. Love it. Perfect. Well, Elizabeth, thanks again. Thank you so much for uh, taking the time today. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll wrap it up there. Thanks, Adam. Thanks everyone for listening to the show today. If you want to get in touch with Elizabeth, you can find her at her website, ebrgraphicdesign.com or just check out her Instagram page again at ebrgraphicdesign. Show notes and more can be found at theprovenprinciples.com. And if you haven't had a chance to subscribe to the show or leave us a review, we would really appreciate it. If you subscribe, you're going to get notified of new episodes and your feedback just helps us get better. Until next time, everyone. Thanks again. Thank you for listening to the Proven Principles podcast. Visit us at theprovenprinciples.com to learn more about how we can help you take your business to the next level.